Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling great. I've been really enjoying doing these sans guests. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah, so we've uh, we've been guestless. Yeah, but we realize that sometimes uh, when it's just the two of us, we get through the teams pretty quickly. So I think after today, for the most part, going forward, we'll we'll devote... Uh, uh, one episode will be two teams each. Although I, maybe the Jets and the Vikings will each get their own episode. Yeah, we'll be doubling up a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. So it'll maybe be, we'll uh, do a triple minutes, if there's an odd team. numbers at somewhere along the way. Also. <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing a triple. But, we could try a triple. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I had a family reunion this weekend, Akiva. Have you ever had a family reunion? No, before? I've never had anything resembling a family reunion on either side. There's yeah. never been one without us. I don't. Th- I mean, maybe there has been. I don't know. I've never. I thought it's like something for movies. We've never had. I have very small families. I think, first of all. Well, hold on. Also, to be clear, your family tends to not invite you to things. It's possible that. No, but my immediate yeah. family wouldn't have a. Re- like, yes, there are like family WhatsApp groups that everyone's on, but, but me, but I don't. They wouldn't. No. I probably get along better with like distant relatives or anyone outside the like the immediate family than the other people in my family. I feel like I'd get invited. I did. I have noticed recently, I'm not even Facebook friends with a lot of like my mom's first cousin or like even some of my cousins. Like, I, like when you're a kid, you remember like thinking these people are important, right? But then I don't know. I, I, th- I think it just fades away for some people. Like people, I remember like giving me birthday presents every year and I'm not even like, I don't invite them to my kids bat mitzvahs and I'm literally not like, Facebook friends with them, and I've never spoken to them, and if I saw them, I might not recognize their kids. Uh, so, I don't know. So, tell me about your family reunion, because I don't have, like, a big family like that. Well, so, my uh, my father's mother was one of 11 children, mm-hmm. and or 10 who survived into adulthood, one, one died as a child. So, there were 10 kids, and so my dad was the youngest of his generation of, I think, 22 cousins from those 10 kids. Mm-hmm. So my dad had these 22 cousins and they would, you know, they were very close. They all lived in Winnipeg uh, or Minneapolis or sort of that area. And they would, you know, go together for bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff. But as you get to the next generation and the next generation, you're not going to be going to all this. You you know, you can't invite all those people, right? Those 22 kids, you know, they beget, let's say, 40 or 50 kids in my generation. And then the next generation begets, you know, 150 kids or whatever the number is. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, you like you like my use of beget. You never really see it outside of uh, the Bible. Yeah, so. I like that. <laughs> um, 
And so, but the weird thing is, so because my dad's the youngest of his generation, all of his generation is in like their 80s or or have died. Yeah. And then my generation, and then I'm, and then we're even like youngest of our generation by a bigger margin because my parents got married in their 30s. So my like my equivalent my so we took pictures at the reunion by generation. My generation is in like their 60s. Wow. And so my kids. Wait, so you have first were in a generation. You have first cousins in your in like 60s or no? Do I have first cousins in my 60s? Yes. Uh, my oldest first cousin is is 57. Wow, that's old. I don't have anybody more than one year older than me. I'm the oldest of my generation by a lot. Yeah, so you're the opposite. Yeah, so we're at the bottom of our generation. So, But it's weird. So these people are people. And so this reunion has been going on for like 10, 15 years. But we've never gone because I guess my dad's not that interested or whatever. Um, and so this time it was in upstate New York. And I'm like, oh, that's not so far. So I'll go there. I didn't realize how big New York is. Like this, this was like closer to Cleveland than New York. It was a six-hour drive. That's awful. I cannot believe you yeah. did that. So, but it was, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there, it's a self-selective group because the kind of people who are going to go are by definition going to be like friendly and nice. Uh-huh. Right, people who are, so, who are like actively interested in seeing other family members. Yeah, yeah. The but it is weird to see home. all these people. Yeah. So, by the way, I had a tweet, which was like purely a joke. I just thought it was a funny line, but it, it elicited all kinds of responses. People are like, well, what happened? What elicited well, can you can you say what the tweet is? Oh, my tweet was, I said, the worst person at the family reunion is the guy who's there to pick up chicks. And that person didn't <laughs> exist? You were just thinking of a joke? Yeah, I just thought it was a funny oh, thing. Oh, because I thought I, there I would be an like, interesting story there. Oh. <laughs> so how many people are at yeah, this no, family I, reunion? I, Akiva, I tried, but I struck I know. out. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're a little too closely related. Sorry. Um, how, many, uh, how many people are at this reunion? There was about 65 people there. 65? Oh, that's not that big. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a big for yeah, a reunion, also, but you made like it sound like there'd be hundreds. We do it every couple of years. So. Oh, okay. And what is it? Just yeah. in a hotel? Like, can you all like split? You know, chip in for food and stuff. Well, I mean, so my immediate family, we did not for kosher reasons. Oh, so you? So. Oh, to not kosher? Oh, so then I wouldn't have even considered going. That's absurd. Well, I mean, you're sort of taking the attitude of my dad. You know, not to delve too deep in. You know, my dad became observant. Uh, you know, after he married my mom, mm-hmm. and and. Independently of that, my dad sort of stopped hanging out with his extended family so much. And those two issues are not, uh, you know, they're correlated, but they're not, there's no causation there. It's correlation. Mm-hmm. But I think the unfortunate thing is that the perception that a lot of them have is, well, he became religious and then he separated himself, which is like completely antithetical to the, and not just Judaism, but I think just about any faith believes in the primacy of family. And so it's very unfortunate. That my dad has allowed people to think that being observant means that you do not engage with your family. Mm-hmm. So the, the fact that I keep kosher and Shabbat and um, Orthodox is extra incentive of why I wanted to go. You know, because I wanted to emphasize to them, like, you know, we should still be part of family. In fact, even more so. But yeah, but so we brought our own food. Okay, and what does that have to do with it the? Was that like it was like it was like a ski resort, except it's the summertime. Okay, so what yeah. does this have to do with the Raiders? Well, the Raiders are family. We learned that on Hard Knocks, right? They they yes, actually have true. alumni reunions. Good segue. Uh, yes, they do. Those reunions look uh, kind of fun. They did look similar. fun. Uh, I wonder if they charge for those reunions. That's what I was <laughs> thinking because they are kind of like they're. I guess you have to buy tickets. Yeah, because they're not a rich organization. Uh, you know, the owner yeah. himself, Mark Davis, owns like nothing other than right. The right. They just like the only money they can possibly have is Raiders money. Uh, what have you? Th- so there have been two episodes of Hard Knocks when we're recording this. Uh, what have you thought so far of Hard Knocks this year? Hard Knocks is great. Yeah, it's really the the sign that football's back. 
Uh, it was yeah. also great. I, you prep for Hard Knocks by watching uh, Last Chance You and All or Nothing. I have not seen All or yeah. Nothing yet. Did you watch Last Chance You? No. Oh, so we each watched the other show. But but all well, Last Chance You has nothing to do with the NFL. I understand, but you football. should watch Last Chance You. It was a delight this year. It was just that I, I saw like season one or something. By the way, yeah, one of the characters for that, Ollie, whatever his name is, he was in. Yes. Uh, he was in the yes. Raiders camp for like five minutes. But the first two seasons are uh, college in in Mississippi, and the ne- last two seasons yeah. are college in Kansas. So it's a completely different show. With, oh, they switched. Yes, schools, they switched so schools. So that. you should watch three oh. and four. They're, they're really good. Eh, okay, you will not regret it. Uh, it's it's a very yeah. fast eight episodes. Anyway, it's not you know as we were discussing in one of our, uh, our group chats this morning. The reason I don't get into these things is not that I think I'll – it's not that I won't enjoy them. It's that I don't want to have to start it and then have to finish it. Right. Yeah, You, if you started it, you would finish it. Like I will never watch The West Wing because as soon as I watch one episode of The West Wing, I've just given myself homework to watch like 100 it episodes. It is true. I have that like I know I'm going to probably start Succession soon, but that's that's like, oh, well – That's easy. You're one season in. True, but then it's like – By the way, I'm loving that It's show. another thing Last on my list. episode was Yeah, great. I'm probably going to start it soon. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I haven't liked it. There haven't really, there haven't been a ton of guys. I, the the best guys on Hard Knocks are like the will they or won't they make the team guys, like the the guy trying for like the fifty second, fifty third roster spot. It's the only one we've really met of those guys so far is the receiver. What's his name? Jaron Doss or something? Um, I don't. Is that his name? Doss. I I'm pretty know. sure it's Doss. I mean, the biggest takeaway to me of Hard Knocks yeah. right now is, and and this actually tends to be the case almost every year yeah. that I'm underwhelmed by the head coach. Yeah. But John Gruden is just like a cliche at this he point. He is, but he is a good TV character. It's an he is definitely a great TV character. I could Oh, he's a great I could, TV character. I could see liking him he, personally. He should not be the head coach of your team right. if your team wants to succeed in the NFL in 2019. Right. He should be like a coordinator who doesn't call plays. You know? He should be like a bench coach in baseball. Well, the truth is what Gruden was meant to be, which I think Rex Ryan was meant to be also, is a college coach. Because a college coach doesn't have to understand X's and O's if they have good coordinators. Yeah. They could be a yeah. recruiter and and a pro, and yeah. like a CEO essentially. That's what Gruden exactly. should be. He should be yeah. a college coach. Uh, maybe he yes. will be if this doesn't work. I would hire him to be a college coach. Um, yeah, he is character. He's like weirdly interested in like who everyone's girlfriend or wife is. Um, <laughs> watch out, but so you don't get canceled, Gruden. Um, yeah, yeah, not a, not a lot of amazing assistant coaches yet. Uh, Antonio, I, the Antonio Brown stuff wasn't great this week. I th- like they just probably didn't have really good footage of it. Well, so one of the problems because the Antonio Brown story is such a big story. Yeah. everything on the show we already know. Yeah, yeah, it rarely so happens. I watched episode two with my wife, and I was, like, giving her all the background. Right. But it's like everything on the show had already happened that I already knew True, about. yeah. It, it only happens once every bunch of years where there's, like, the big NFL story happens to be, you know, the one in 32 chance that it's the yeah. Hard Knocks team. But, right, you're, you're yeah. getting less, really, on the show than you know. Maybe they'll get more this week. I don't know if he's interested in the camera. Some, You know, he has to agree to, like, be on camera if he's not in the facility. So you, you don't necessarily. Yeah, well, a lot of the guys, I mean, Richie Incognito, the way they're portraying him is, like, as a wizened old veteran. Yeah. Very strange. Like, I mean, his PR guys really must have done a number on him. I'm sure. I don't think he has PR guys for Gene Cognito. Well, but they're presenting him like the most positive True. way possible. Yeah, he's getting, he's like getting a good edit, uh, Incognito. Yeah. Uh, Carr. Yeah. I mean, I guess, the, I guess the key thing on the show is going to be Peterman versus Glennon. I think that's what they're setting up. <laughs> it's funny because they were so – it is true, right? That's People were saying after the last preseason game that Peterman is probably in the leader's uh, uh, position for the, for the backup spot. Like, Glennon might get cut. And Peterman might get the gig. I mean, I assume Glennon makes more money. I mean, also. neither one has been very impressive. No, but so. but uh, Peterman, like, they did show, like, yeah, he had, like, a really bad opener. But they certainly didn't, like, get into, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, you know, he's the worst player in NFL history. Yeah, I mentioned that to my wife. And then they cut to his one game against the Chargers right. with his five first-half interceptions. Yeah. But 
and 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 I was like predicting each play. I'm I like as before they show it. I said to my wife, I like pause the TV. I'm like, he's literally statistically the worst quarterback in the history. Of yeah, the league. maybe the worst in his player. First game, he had five interceptions in the first half, and then I press play and they show that. And my wife is like, why do you know that? Yeah, Which oh, everyone knows. It's the only thing yeah. anybody. Well, this also they... again touches upon something we were discussing in our group chat this morning, which is like. You say everyone knows, but you and I are in like the 99th percentile of sports. But anybody who's listening to this podcast, I'd say almost everyone who's listening to this podcast, like knows who Nathan Peterman is and knows that fact. Yes, obviously your wife might not know if she doesn't even watch the Super Bowl. Like, um, but it's not. It's uh, knowing Nathan Peterman facts. How does that help us in life? I don't know. I mean, you could get paid to be like a sports analyst. How much have we paid for this podcast? <laughs> I mean, I once upon a time got paid for my football knowledge, but I don't think yeah. I don't think if I did yeah. the hours per per dollar yeah. for my whole life, exactly. it would end up being. Uh, I, I think I'd be in the yeah. red. Um, yeah, you're below minimum wage. All right, so the Raiders, the, uh, uh, like Derek Carr, to me is a no. Similar to when we talked about Andy Dalton last week, he's a known entity. I don't think you're ever going to be able to upgrade from him without a top five pick. But there's you know there's not there's not going to be anyone on the free agent market in all likelihood who is better than Derek Carr. In the next few episodes, we are going to do our QB rankings. We're not going to do them now. But yeah. Carr or Dalton? Who would I rather yes. have? If you were if you were a general manager going forward, Carr or Dalton? I would take Carr, but it's pretty close. And Carr or Winston? Oh, well, I'm very low on okay. Winston. Okay. And, so. and I'm assuming you're picking Carr over Mariota, too. I mean, am I spoiling all my quarterback rankings right now? Eh, people will forget by next episode. Uh, I have Winston, Carr, Dalton, Mariota, literally the four of yeah. them, uh, bu- bunched consecutively. That's why I'm asking, even though I... Yeah. So, yeah. so um, you can win with Derek Carr, but I don't know if you could win a Super Bowl. So Yeah, any of the four guys I mentioned could, in theory, have a, 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 you know, a top-five type season. Yeah. We, we saw one out of Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. We saw one out of Derek yes. Carr. They've each had one great season. Um, yeah. This team in general... They both ended an injury, and their team's, uh, you know... Petered out of the playoffs. Yes. In their first so game. the Raiders are a lot like the Giants in the sense that are they a bad team? Absolutely. Do they do they have one like immortal skill position player? Yes. And then most of the team is really built through the O line and the fact that they had three first round draft picks this year. So the Raiders drafted Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram. By the way, Jonathan Abram is wearing number twenty four. We saw in Hard Knocks. He was talking to Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson is the what number defensive back all time on on your charts? Like, how are you giving away? Woodson was on the team, I think, 11 years, two different stints. How are you giving away his 24? You don't think that's crazy? So my assumption, and and I could be wrong, but but I guess it wouldn't be for a top draft pick. Like, a lot of times they give these guys numbers in training camp, it doesn't really matter. But if it's a guy who's definitely making No, they're selling his jersey already. Yeah, yeah, guys who were were first-round picks, they're selling their jersey. So I asked our uh, Raiders correspondent. Yeah, and by the way, to answer your question, he is, to me, the number five cornerback in NFL. And he played safety for a few years. So if if you were just saying defensive back, you know, he's even scoring better, right? Unless you're counting all his stats because he played safety. No, I'm counting all. His he stats. played yeah. at the end of his career. He he he. Tra- yeah, he he is a top ten uh, DB. I mean, of all he time. is he yeah. is a first ballot lock Hall of Famer, and yeah. he literally I mean, is. I a, would say the the only he literally is in the, the Hall of Famer. The only safeties right. who I would put ahead of him, or probably Ronnie Lott's the only yeah. one actually. Yes. Um, yeah. but he's so, not a safety. Uh, yeah, he's probably so the sixth really. best DB ah, in yeah. NFL okay. history. So and he's played most, I think, eleven of sixteen or something seasons as a Raider. Uh, so yeah. I asked Adam Brooks, our our usual Raiders guest, and he said the Raiders don't retire numbers. So. Oh really? Yeah, at all? I guess uh, maybe maybe early. I don't know. Maybe maybe they never did. But he, but so you don't retire numbers. They gave it away. I still would 
don't think you can give out 24. I think if you make the Hall of By Fame. The way, interesting, you mentioned Woodson, and I mentioned you know last week that I had done my like all-division all-time teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only, and, and a clue is that uh, Charles Woodson is one of them, there's only five players that uh, appear on multiple division teams. So they were so good for long enough mm-hmm. for multiple teams in different divisions. Okay, and oh, so Charles Woodson's one. Yeah, so he's both in the NFC North. And he's in the AFC West, obviously. Okay, Marshall Falk, you spo- I think spoiled last week. He's not another one. Although he actually he played yeah. in the AFC East, he, but he would count in the AFC South. But doesn't have enough years no, no, on the but Colts. He, he didn't play long. Okay, enough fine. For I'm the just Colts. thinking. But you, I'm just the divisions go by where yeah. your team is now. Well, uh, hold on. I'll give you a clue. So there's a coach. There's one coach. Oh, that's very good. One coach. And I'll give you a clue. He's not the head coach for either team. He's the defensive coordinator for both. Oh, teams. you have in you other have words, coordinators. I, what I have is I have I wanted more than one coach to make the team, so I have three coaches make the team. So the, the I'd say Dick the LeBeau, but the his two coach. most famous stints are in the same division. Who? Dick LeBeau. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't think of a coordinator. Think of it as the best head coaches ever. But each team has three head coaches, oh, so they okay. have their head coach, and then I gave them an offensive oh, mind. Okay, guy that's very confusing. I, I didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, all right. Got so it. head coaches. Two different. Well, who's the head? Who's the greatest head coach of all time? Bill Belichick. So he's in two different divisions. Obviously. So he's not. So, no. He's not, but no. Be, so Belichick has to be the head coach in the AFC East, right? So who's one of the winningest coaches of all time? Who therefore has? Oh, to be oh. The so Don Don Shula has to be exactly in the co- right. Yes. Even though he's only he was only in the AFC East his whole career. No, he was in the NFC. Yeah. Sorry, uh, when he was the coach. Uh, when he's on the Colts. Yeah. Yes. It was the NFL. The yeah. NFL. So Don Shula is the defensive coordinator for the AFC East okay. and the AFC South. Um. And then we have Charles Woodson, right? Uh, all right, Woodson. Other, I just said list list the players because we got other stuff to get all right. to. Okay, Deion Sanders is uh, okay. in the NFC East and the and um, the NFC West and the NFC South. No, what about the West? Reggie White. Oh yeah, he didn't play not long enough for the Niners. Okay, keep going. The, yeah, the the yeah he, okay. he's on the the Cowboys in Washington for the NFC East, okay. and then the Falcons were in the NFC West, but are now in the yeah, NFC yeah. South. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reggie White is in the NFC East for the Eagles yeah. and the and NFC the North, North okay. for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And, Do you uh, remember Ken how Houston. big Reggie White's free agency was? Were you were you like old enough to remember yes, that? Yes, it was the he was the first like ever was, like free agent. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. Yeah. And it's ironic that he went to the Packers, who then issued free agency for the next twenty. Right, years. he was like their last free agent. The Jets, <laughs> yeah. I believe, were considered the runner up. Like they were they were one of the finalists, and they they almost got Reggie uh, White. That's like so worthless. Like the Twins' big thing they love to brag for every free agent. They're the, always is, the number well, two. Well, we were in we were second. Yeah, that's what, which is a way to every brag cheap team. Oh no, we are telling your fans we're looking to spend money, but we never. No, yeah, every cheap team says that. And the Mets, yeah, the Mets second are place second in free agency is, is literally worthless. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is Ken Houston, uh, the safety, who's uh, both on the Houston Oilers in the AFC South and the uh, Washington uh, football team in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did a thing, yeah. Chester, where yes. I, uh, I... You also made a chart this week. I made a chart this week. I wanted to uh, rank the cores of every NFL team, and I decided that a core would be your best eight players. You can extend it to ten... Uh, but it gets a little less interesting when you get to nine and ten. I was thinking like ten is a round number, eleven is half your starters. So you could that probably would make sense to do ten or eleven. And I think you learn all you need to know with your top eight players. You see where you're going, and it doesn't have to be your eight your best eight players now. For example, if uh, you know tomorrow, if we talk about the Lions, you know David Harrison might be their best player. He's probably the best player on the team. Snacks, right? But he's a thirty year old defensive tackle, so. You know, if they were protecting eight guys in some expansion draft, they would have to think long and hard before protecting him over like a young center who is, you know, above average just because he's a 30 year old two down player. 
Uh, so it definitely value skews towards how useful you'll be in 2019, but uh, it helps to be a younger player. So your eight core players. Um, so I'm going to give you the Raiders core, and then because I, I didn't do this for the first eight teams, I'm going to give you the other eight cores now. Okay? So the, and you're going to tell, I'm just going to tell you the core, and you're going to tell me, uh, you're going to give me a, a quick number grade from zero to ten, how good you think that core is, okay? Okay. All right, so the Raiders core, and the quarterback is almost always one, right? I, I feel like if your quarterback is Derek Carr level, your quarterback is probably your most important part. If you were protecting one person in a, in a expansion draft, you, were, you would probably protect your quarterback. There's literally a handful of teams that don't have their QB at one. All right, so Derek Carr is one. I have Antonio Brown, two, but I think with the uh, events of the last week, he may be slipping down this list because who knows if he ever plays a snap for them. Uh, top four pick, Cleveland Farrell, is number four. Uh, shutdown corner, Gary and Conley. Uh, Farrell's three. Gary and Conley's four. Center, Rodney Hudson, is five. First, uh, first round draft pick, running back, Josh Jacobs, is six. Left tackle, but a veteran left tackle, Trent Brown is seven, and another first-round pick, Jonathan Abrams. Eight. If you're a first-round pick, you're probably going to be on this list. Okay. So what do you think? Carr, Brown, Cleland, Conley, Hudson, Jacobs, Brown, and Abram. Best player not on the list is probably uh, 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 Jackson, the right guard who got uh, into the fight in, uh, on Hard Knocks, and I think is slightly injured right now, Gabe Jackson. So how do you think about that core? That's three first-round so, picks. W- w- but they're I'm at, supposed to rate it from 1 to 10? Yeah, it? rate it from 0 to 10. What do you think about that core? It doesn't impress me very okay. much. Okay. Well, I will say th- th- it, it's interesting because the bad. what you'll notice with bad teams, you'll notice this with the Jets, you'll notice this with the Jaguars, who aren't a terrible team, is that they have a lot of impact players at non-essential positions. So they drafted a yeah. D lineman, a running back, and a safety, like the three least important positions on the field. I guess an inside linebacker would be up there, too. With their first-round picks. But they do have guys... Long snapper. Yeah, well, they didn't draft a long snapper. All right, now I'm going to read you the other, uh, the other cores, okay? The Broncos... Let, actually, let's go start with the Dolphins first. This is the worst core in the NFL by a mile. Xavier Howard, the cornerback. Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle. Christian Wilkins, their new draft pick, defensive tackle. Defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick. Quarterback Josh Rosen at five. You could argue that Rosen should not be on this list. But the rest of the team is so bad that there's no reason not to throw him on. Yeah. I mean, Rosen, I feel like, was an afterthought. Yeah. They acquired him because they might as well. Yeah. But on a team like this, Kick an afterthought, it could could end up being, you know, he's like Curtis Granderson on the Marlins this year. Like, he, he's just there, but he might play just because, like, someone has to play. Uh, Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan are, are linebackers, and Bobby McCain is a defensive back. I mean, there is nothing here. The cupboard is bare other than the secondary, especially on offense. They have a, some, like, you know, as we discussed, they have, like, a couple, you know. I get, you could really argue Kenyon Drake should be on this list, but it just doesn't seem like they're willing to use him as an every-down back. You know, yeah. And he's a third-year running back. The Dolphins are in a lot so of So that is, I mean, that is just light years worse than any other team. Because the Giants, like, we think the Giants sucks, but the Giants had, I, I went back and forth with Yoni Wiesel and with A.B. Sutton, two of our Giant fans listeners, over who should be on this list. Uncle Kiwi put some work into this. I emailed a lot of our fans, and, and, uh, but then I went with my own list because I know more than them. Um, so <laughs> the Giants is – who do you put one for the Giants? Saquon? Yeah, so I put Saquon one and Daniel oh. Jones two, although obviously their success is completely predicated on if Daniel Jones is good, and he's looked good so far in the preseason. So Saquon one, Jones two, really g- – Well, so I, it depends what the purpose of this order mm-hmm. is. Like Saquon is the most talented player. Well, obviously we're not team, ranking obviously. talent. But, like, Daniel Jones is the most – like, 
if Daniel Jones is not good, uh-huh. then they just wasted a number six pick, right? And they're not going anywhere for a couple more right. years, right? Yeah. Whereas Saquon's val, like, and, and like this is the problem with taking running back so high. You're not going to win anything because of Saquon. I Barkley. agree, but I, I think it's still a little foolish to rank Daniel Jones and I mean Saquon anything other than one, since he's clearly the best player on the team. Yeah, no, of course, like Saquon is what what Adrian Peterson was for the Vikings for a long time. Right, but again, there's only about yeah. four teams that have their QB not at one, which means everyone is essentially set at QB other than a couple teams. All right, so Daniel Jones two, Will Hernandez is a really good guard. Well, at I don't three. know if it set. Well, set in the sense committed. in the you know if you think they have a commitment, they have a com- there. exactly yeah. they have a commitment. Uh, for Will Will Hernandez, Derek Dexter Lawrence, the young defensive tackle, another first round pick. Again, this team also has three first rounders. Evan Engram at five, Dalvin Tomlinson, a really good defensive lineman at six. Kevin Zeitler, who uh, a Pro Bowl guard, they traded uh, in the in the big Odell trade where they also dealt um, Olivier Vernon. Uh, and DeAndre Baker, a late first-round uh, defensive back. But they also have B.J. Hill, Sterling Shepard. Um, uh, the, the truth is the Giants have a lot of young talent. If Daniel Jones somehow became a competent quarterback, the Gi- now I'm sort of – I mean, the receiver situation is really bad also. So you have a rookie quarterback with no receivers is a kind of a nightmare. They're not the only team in their division who has that scenario because the Redskins, who are going next – good segue, Kiva um, – well, have Dwayne Haskins, I put at one. Jonathan Allen, who I think is going to become a superstar this year. The defensive lineman is two. Deron Payne, who changed his name, by the way. Uh, ben Standig. Uh, he's the Redskins writer for The Athletic. He pointed out that uh, it's, it, it was D-A apostrophe R-O-N with capital R, and he switched it to, to D-A-R-O-N. No apostrophe, no capital this year. Um, Make it easy. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, defensive lineman, he's going to be a nightmare this year. So Allen and Payne are really going to be brutal. Brandon Scherf, an offensive lineman. Montez Sweat. Chase Roulier, I have it sixth. He's a center. I think he's going to become like a, sort of a Pro Bowl-level center. But I will say uh, 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 Ben, who knows the Redskins much more, who gets paid by the Athletic to follow the Redskins, thought he shouldn't be anywhere near this list. But to me, there are so few good centers. Like when you go through all these teams, everyone's like, we're converting a guard to center and praying that he's decent, right? Which is something your team keeps doing and the Seahawks keep doing. Uh, like the, you don't appreciate when you have a good center that there's only like six in the NFL. So to me, that's a value. Uh, Landon Collins, who they just uh, swiped from the Giants, and then Ryan Kerrigan is eight. Uh, the receivers for the Redskins, I know we talked about the Redskins already, are so clearly the worst when you do this. It's insane. Yeah. Um, all right, then the Bengals, Andy Dalton's one, William Jackson, I have two, Joe Mixon, three, Geno Atkins, four, Tyler Boyd. Uh, why, why are we discussing all these teams, just out of curiosity? I'm giving everyone their cores, so when we go forward, I, we, they have a complete list of everyone's cores. So we're, so we're reviewing the, the teams, teams that, we're that we're I missed. Yeah, first. yeah. Okay. I have uh, the receivers, okay. Boyd and Adrian Green, five, six. Again, I predict Adrian Green might get traded this year if they start slowly. Jonah Williams at seven. Uh, what is Jonah Williams' uh, uh, issue is that he is out for the year, so... Otherwise, yeah. he would have been easily number two on this list because he was going to. Well, he'll, he'll, I mean, he dropped in the draft. So if he's number two. He uh, was the 11th. Listen, if you're a day one rookie starting left tackle is, is obviously a crucial piece. That doesn't mean he's going to yeah. be good. But this is just like it's almost like who right. are we hoping? Okay. And then Jesse Bates, the safety is eight. That's not ideal. Sometimes you see a guy at eight you like you've never heard of. You realize the core is not so great. Uh, then the Bills, Josh Allen at one, Ed Oliver at two, uh, uh, another guy who was supposed to be a top one or two pick who slipped a little bit. Tredavious White going to be a superstar cornerback this year. Uh, other other uh, secondary members are four and five. Mika Hyde and Jordan Poyer, the best safety uh, unit in the league. Center Mitch Morse, Jerry Hughes, the uh, veteran pass rusher, shouldn't be seven on a good team, even though he's a good player. And Levi Wallace, like a nickelback, uh, is eight. The Bills uh, have a lot of good defensive players, but... They the offense is just absolutely abjectly like garbage as we as we discussed they have 
you know, a 35-year-old yeah. backing up a 32-year-old at a position where you're old if you're 25. Um, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Patrick Peterson, David Johnson, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, Andy Isabella, second-round pick. I already moved him up. Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks. The Cardinals are a mess. Uh, if, if Kyler Murray is good, they'll be fine, but that is a nightmare list. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, John John helped me out with this, our, 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 our buddy John John. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Vita Villa, Ali Marpet, the small guard, small college guard, Devin White, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, uh, and Levante David. I also had uh, Peyton Barber and Sean Murphy Bunting as uh, options there. And last one, this is the worst list in the NFL by a mile. The Denver Broncos have no core. It's insane. Von Miller at one. Again, Von Miller's a great player, but you're a 30-year-old linebacker shouldn't be one, right? I don't think Chester's here anymore, guys. Chris Harris at two. Bradley Chubb at three. Dalton Risner at four. Garrett Bowles, the center at five. Rookie tight end Noah Fant at six. Second round pick quarterback, rookie Drew Locke at seven. And mediocre receiver Cortland Sutton at eight. That's not, that's not wonderful. So I think uh, the Broncos are in the... I'd say the, the Dolphins are in the worst situation in the league. Uh, but the Broncos are at best 31. I mean, this is a, this is a nightmare team. It's still a hard team to play because the defense is good. The offensive line is going to be fine. Uh, maybe Noah Fant ends up being a star. Maybe Cortland Sutton ends up being like a, a, a solid wide receiver too. But this this team sucks. How much time is left since Chester is talking to somebody on the phone? I think we're almost done when Chester comes back. So I think uh, the best of those cores is probably... The, the Bucks is really solid, but the problem is Jameis Winston, you could argue, like shouldn't even be there. Uh, the Giants' core is not bad. The Giants have a lot of good young players. I think they have the best of the bottom eight teams. And then if you add in the, the Raiders, they're up there in the top also. Just because if you get three first-round picks, you can really change your core in a full year. Problem is those guys actually have to be good. I don't know. What do you guys think Chester's talking to right now? Because I can't really hear. Sometimes it's his wife, and she puts her on speaker. And I get, you get to hear Chester getting yelled at by his wife. It's like the highlight of my week. It's wonderful. Uh, but right now, I think he must be... I wonder if his boss is in the room. Maybe I shouldn't be talking, because then they'll be like, who's that, who's that noise? And then you get in trouble or something. But I think he has his headphones in, so probably they wouldn't be able to hear me through the headphones. Could be talking to a secretary or something also. I don't know. Being a lawyer seems really boring. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like... Uh, it doesn't. It seems like, on a day-to-day basis, it's just, oh, you're always, it's just like a lot of busy work. There's never anything fun. What's a fun job? Someone once told me that it's uh, it's like a very 21st century thing that you think you have to like your job. Like our parents didn't like our jobs. Nobody's dad like liked being a CPA or uh, you know an electrician. You just like had to make you had to work and make money for your family. Now everyone thinks they have to like their job, including me. I mean, I'm, I have no job right now. I'm not even looking. Like I, I like having no job. You have to like your your non job. If someone wants to pay me to just sit and do nothing or make charts, I would be happy to do that. But what if I just retired now at the age of 35? It would be funny if he bombed me out of nowhere also. Chester was saying before that he hopes the NFL disappears after the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Like he really thinks that once they win, he shouldn't follow sports anymore. He wants Congress to ban football, but only after the Vikings win. So they could have a unique, be the last Super Bowl ever, which is an insane take. Like, does anyone remember who won the last USFL championship? Or, or like, the last of any league that's gone? Like, if football disappears 
and gets made illegal, like no one will remember it in 20 years. Also, everyone who liked it will commit mass suicide. So they, there will be very few people to tell the story. I don't know. I hope football's around forever. Except, but also, like, when I'm gone, I don't want the, like, the Jets to start winning Super Bowls. That would be really upsetting. I feel like people would make fun of me. Or people going to, like, come to my grave and, like, knock on the grave and be like, Kiva, guess what? Like, the Jets won. Like, I won't be able to hear. I think that's my nightmare. It was like, the Jets winning the Super Bowl, but I'm not there for it. The Mets winning the World Series. I don't know if this is going to be in the podcast. So we're, what is it? After today, we, we have, we've done nine of these. We have 23 more. Do, uh, let's figure it out. So we do Jets is one episode. The Vikings is one episode. And then we have 21 other teams split into 11 episodes. So maybe we'll do like QB rankings. So we have 13 episodes to go. So we do, I'd say seven more this week. And then six next week. And then we're done. That's not so bad. I like doing two in a two in an episode. I think that's better. Remember when Chester made us do four in an episode? It was a disaster. It was just four fans of every team. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.